Blood Brothers and Sanguine Sisters to Deeply Discussing Dexter. I'm your host, Dale Maxfield. I'm joined by Aaron Caldwell. Hello. Brooke Merritt. Hello. And Zach Rowland. Hi. And today we're discussing Season 7, Episode 7, Chemistry. On this episode, Dexter thrusts himself into Team Hannah. Sal Price's pen is mightier than the DNA evidence, and he pays the ultimate Sal Price. Deb goes Team Vigilante. What did you think of this episode overall? It Not a bad episode. Yeah. Tell us about it. What do you think? Yeah. Not a bad episode. Not a good episode. I'm walking down the middle of a road here. It uh, it was like it served its purpose in the middle of the season. And um, yeah. That was my feeling as well. Just not good, not bad. Just there. It exists. It's fine. Yeah. I, I kind of feel the same way. It's kind of like, well, that just kind of went full stop i mean it was it was a good it it was a good enough episode it was just kind of like everything stopped moving yeah i I, i'm happy with it because uh i just finally forced myself to catch up on the most recent season of ray donovan which is also a showtime show and the middle half of that That season is a complete waste of time. Nothing happens. So it's a real chore to get through. And I was so happy that the last like three episodes were great. So coming back to Dexter and watching this was like, hey, there's like plot developments here. There's people I recognize doing things. It's not just Lee Schreiber getting punched a lot. You're saying your standards coming into this one were very, very low. And that's why you found it acceptable. Okay. Yeah. 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 After watching the worst season of Ray Donovan so far, this this was okay. So we have great standards on this show at this point. We have really we high standards and expectations. I thought it, I thought it matched because it's it's another Showtime joint and it's another show that Showtime obviously does not want to let die that should have died at least last season, if not before. Valid comparison, really. This episode gets the good enough fake gold star. <laughs> Pure six out of ten. Uh, <laughs> Hannah puts a knife to Dexter's neck and tells him to explain himself. Um, this is like right after they have the sex on the table. He says that he kills bad people. Deb is with the writer talking about Hannah. Deb tells him that she's thinking of exhuming Hannah's dead husband and checking for aconite poisoning. Dexter drives Hannah home. They agree not to see each other anymore. It would only end badly. Dexter notices the author sitting in his car across the street from Hannah's house. Dexter offers to trade Wayne Randall's last words in exchange for not outing Dexter's apparent relationship and fudging of the blood work. Mm, Extortion. That's always fun. I guess blackmail, really. (laughs) I like to say fudging of the blood work. Yeah. (laughs) Either way, they're both just... They're all... It's like this... Uh, little baby kitty pool of four people all fucking with one another, <laughs> and, and and it's just it's so interesting to watch with this this reporter and Hannah and all of and Deb and all of them. It's like you guys need to get out more. <laughs> Stop fucking the people that you work with or see on a daily basis. You how how do you not like it's there? Uh, just uh, of course. 
Well, and you get the feeling that if they all like accidentally ended up in the same place, like if they were seated at a table next to each other, so like Deb and the writer at one table and <laughs> Hannah and Dexter at another table, they would just like work it out and like shrug it off and have a drink. But since they're all like needling each other like one at a time, it keeps it like amplifying and accelerating. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like a situation I was a part of recently where it was one person that kept needling along everyone else in the group, and then finally we all figured out that she was doing that, and then we kicked her off the team. Yeah, I, I, I would say, uh, I would have said high school, but but improv also, also would work there. 100%. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just want to say fudging of the blood work one more time. And then Deb visits LaGuerta's office to rain on the idea of something else being the, of someone else being the Bay Harbor Butcher besides Dokes. Dexter looks into Sal, the author's history, but can't find anything. Deb confronts Dexter about the fudged blood report, saying that one of the victims was killed. I I really like that (laughs) phrase. Deb confronts Dexter about the fudged blood report, saying that (laughs) one of the victims was killed by someone smaller than Wayne. Deb accuses Dexter of protecting Hannah McKay so she can, or so he can have her for his table. Now, how are we not sure that a child didn't run up and stab someone? I mean, <laughs> just because it was somebody smaller than Wayne, there's a lot of possibilities there. That's a very vague statement. Yes. Um, <laughs> it is. <laughs> could have been a small child, could have been a grandmother who shrunk a little bit. I mean, anybody. Well, and Wayne <laughs> was kind of a wiry, like, kind of skinny small guy anyway like dexter looked more substantial than him yeah one of the things that blows my mind about this is i actually think yvonne stravahoski is just as tall as the guy who played (laughs) wayne but but she was 15 at the time oh that's fair so she was she was Mm. probably a little smaller i would not by much though she would have been close to her full full adult size at that like point. Like height-wise probably, but you usually like I don't know. put on like 20 or 30 pounds like in your early 20s. Girls do anyway. Hey. Guys, it's more like 60 pounds in their early 30s. So. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're me, you put on 100 pounds between high school and, and, and 42. So there you go. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm not that hip, not much heavier. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. it's I'm so f- deprecating it's, it's self-deprecating it's like I'm just kidding I'm much heavier <laughs> it's like nobody knows what to say to that Zach's just body shaming everybody Jesus um, uh, let's just say I've been fudging a lot myself so uh, <laughs> Can we keep a count of how many times we say fudged or fudging? <laughs> Just put in a little ding noise. Fudging the blood work. Ding. Maybe it like should be this. the fudgiest character uh, <laughs> at the end. <laughs> the fudgiest silly blowjob. Yeah. Who gave the fudgiest performance? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Batista tells Dexter that Isaac's lawyers are coming and want to test that the blood found at the bar was really a match for him, Masuka realizes that it's missing. 
Miami Metro huddles and decides that they need to find the missing evidence or something new to tie Isaac to the bar within 24 hours or Isaac will go free. Dexter says that the scene hasn't been released yet and he leaves for there to try and get a new sample. Uh Oh, guess Miami Metro is not such rock stars after all. Well, Quinn, Quinn more than fudged yeah. the blood work on that one. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, let's be honest Ding. they were probably gonna lose the evidence anyway yeah we all saw how loosey-goosey the evidence room was so it was bound to happen <laughs> yes everything in miami metro is loosey-goosey you want some evidence you want a car go for it yeah you want you want to get in oh just use this uh access door over here with the right security badge and you're you're in so <laughs> yeah you can Lucy skip security. Casey. Yeah. Uh, Batista's still talking about his retirement bar and grill, um, which uh, is a terrible idea. But running, that's all running, they can give him to do. Yeah, running any kind of uh, restaurant is is not not less work than anything else that you're doing. It is always more. At work. this point. He's the most pitiful character in the history of the show. It's just they're so <laughs> desperate to do something with him. Like, at that point as an actor, did he just want to cry every day that he was being given such terrible things to do? Like, it's ooh, we got sad. all these murders and investigations, but hey, I'm going to open a bar. It's sad that, like, Jamie now has more to do with the plot than Angel does. Like, What? That was brutal. That was so brutal. No purpose anymore. There's no purpose. You know, they could have just killed him off. It's funny if you go back and listen to our discussions of the initial episodes of this show. We talked about how Angel becomes kind of like the moral center of the show, and now we're just tearing him down (laughs) because there is no moral center anymore. It's just a really small moral center. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and it's full of fudge. It's surrounded by fudge. (laughs) At the retirement bar and grill. Uh, Dexter, Quinn, Masuka, Batista, and the unnamed female black detective. He might have a name, I just don't remember. Um, They all go to the bar and find it covered in sewage. The Koshka Brotherhood intentionally backed up the sewage. Why the fuck didn't they just go in there (laughs) and destroy the evidence? With a fire or something. I don't understand, but hey, their elaborate Rube Goldberg sewage plan worked for them. So I imagine that it was just one guy who ended up taking a shit, a giant (laughs) shit, while the other guys are trying to destroy the evidence and it backed it up. And he's like, oh, oh, I backed up the sewers. And then they're like, get the fuck out of here. And they all ran. And then it was really just a mishap, but it worked out in their favor. (laughs) Make a better storyline. Yeah, really. <laughs> they pulled off the old Kiev smash. The old. <laughs> uh, um, Batista tells Quinn that his name was on the evidence logs and asks him what he was doing in there. What with his Kashka Brotherhood stripper girlfriend, Quinn assures him he wouldn't sink so low. Even though we know he did. Even though he did. Mm-hmm. Dexter tells Deb that he's going to get Isaac when he's released. Deb tells him no, she's going to put a tail on him until his visa expires. Sal brings Deb information on Hannah's dead husband's sister. Deb agrees to meet 
with her after she talks, or she agrees to meet with Sal after she talks to the sister. Quinn is reunited with Nadia. She's worried that Quinn has done something to earn her freedom, but he tells her that she'll be safe. Um, in the just more than just a little bit more than Batista plot that that Quinn has this season. Uh, Deb tells Lori, Hannah's sister-in-law, that they want to exhume the body. Lori says that Hannah miscarried shortly after the husband's death and that Hannah cut off ties with his family. She agrees to help Deb. Sal comes to Hannah and asks her to help him write his biography on her. Hannah immediately agrees to help if he keeps Dexter out of it. She sets a time to meet at her house the next day. Sal immediately calls Dexter and sets a meeting for him for later the next evening. Harry and Dexter are looking... Uh, I can stop and talk about that for a second. So Sal wastes an entire day here. Um, he goes to talk to Hannah. Hannah says, well, I'll talk to you tomorrow. And then rather than going and talking to Dexter right away, like he should, he sets it up so that he's talking to Dexter after he talks to Hannah the next day so that the events of later in the episode can play out in the way that they do. Um, otherwise it makes absolutely no sense. I watched that scene and I was like, wait, why is he scheduling it that way? Why, why doesn't he want to just like get Dexter pinned down on the record first and then go see what Hannah has to say? But, but nope, the plot. So yeah. But isn't it really just to get what, what's his name's last words were Wayne? I don't even remember anymore. That's it. You really need an elaborate meeting for that. Yeah. Well, I like to think that uh, the people who write for the newspaper or books or anything of that nature that are journalists in Miami are just as terrible as the police (laughs) in Miami. So it clearly makes sense in terms of how the world works of Miami, but absolutely not at all. Like you said, Dale, like the plot is is servicing the plot as opposed to actual reality. So yeah, it's it's, it's all about having Sal die at Dexter's apartment because of Hannah so it has to happen in that order that he meets her and then him. But this weird like scene of him setting that up with Hannah and Dexter ahead of time is weird. Like it, it like points out how stupid that is. Whereas if they didn't have that scene and he just like went and met with them, it would make a whole lot more sense and be more interesting, I guess. But um, those are not the choices that this show makes. <laughs> Harry and Dexter are looking more into Sal Price. Dexter plans to link Sal's DNA to an unresolved murder that Sal wrote about. Quinn goes to George and tries to cash Nadia out. George says that they have enough to ruin Quinn's career. Dexter goes to Hannah's. He tells her about running into Sal, and she tells him Sal is after her for info on his book. Dexter tells her that he's going to take care of Sal, but not by killing him. Dexter only kills killers. Hannah says that killing isn't a drive for her. It's survival of the fittest. And so far, she's the fittest. They say goodbye forever again, and Hannah even makes fun of them for it. Dexter then compares Hannah to Lila, Rita, and Lumen and decides that Hannah accepts both sides of him, the whole Dexter, which I think is exactly what he said about Lumen. Yes, it is. (laughs) Yeah, it is exactly 100%. Same Until thing. Lumen decided not to not to be down with with both sides of Dexter anymore. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah, like nothing has 
there was never any more word on Lumen, like she just disappeared or anything. I, I don't know what's happening. They they just eh, she didn't want to be with me anymore, and we forget she ever existed up until this line. No one could afford to communicate with her because <laughs> Julia Styles was too expensive. Um and yeah, um how so I mean we're we're more than halfway through the season. Um Hannah's been introduced in the season. How how much does it feel like Hannah is just they couldn't get Julia Stiles to reprise the role so they found somebody else to play this character? It's basically the same character. Yeah, I mean she's she's a murderer and she's not um she's not as like emotionally scarred as Lumen was. She's pretty happy with herself and she's kind of uh I don't know glib about her role with the Wayne Randall murders cuz she's got immunity. But it it really does feel like the natural extension of what should have happened with Lumen. They just brought in a new, they brought in a new, less expensive blonde actress to 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 play that role. Yeah, and it, it's basically what Lumen would have been like a year later, probably. Mm-hmm. But then, really, what he says is wrong, though, because Lila had dark hair and the rest were blondes, <laughs> and um, that just doesn't mm, add up for me. Nothing in common. Nothing in Mm-mm. common. Now, Lila's one of a kind, guys. Have I talked to you about friendship lately? <laughs> um, you you can, haven't. You haven't. I could go into a whole spiel about Lila and friendship, but I, I, I don't know if we have enough time. Point. <laughs> yeah, listen, listen, I have charts, and uh, I hope you all brought notepads. <laughs> oh, Lila. You this know, is going to be a long I, I one. I actually feel like he said that Lila accepted both sides of him, too. Yeah, sort before of, she went crazy, sort of, kind Earth. of. That was that was sort of his deal. Um, no, Lila accepted him because she was crazy. That's like fair. she was like an agent of chaos herself, and so she was like all about having this dangerous boyfriend that kills people. Um, even though he eventually came and killed her for trying to set him on fire. I feel like Rita would have been accepting if she had found out because, I mean, she was okay with Lila kidnapping her kids. <laughs> she was. She was, like, surprisingly, <laughs> surprisingly accepting of that. So, uh, Deb and Lori are at the coroner's. Turns out the body was not embalmed and the test cannot be run on just bones. That guy was the most boring character I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> It's just, just like, yeah, no, you can't run a test on bones, <laughs> dummy. <laughs> <laughs> While Sal is meeting with Hannah, Dexter is grabbing DNA from Sal's bathroom. He finds some blood traces on some floss. Over Harry's objections, Dexter deletes Sal's computer research on Hannah. Hannah tells Sal the story of the couple killed near the hotel and she tearfully admits to stabbing and killing the woman. So she was the smaller person in that killing. Uh, so it wasn't 
a little person. It was actually her. <laughs> it, was it was not, not a grandma. <laughs> it wasn't it's Peter Dinklage. Theories. Ah, you beat me to Peter Dinklage. <laughs> it wasn't Danny DeVito. Uh, what about Tom Cruise? <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that kind of work. <laughs> yeah, you know, he he looks like a fifteen year old girl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he and I are the same height, but whatever. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're you're a hundred pounds heavier. Oh, wait, that's a joke. Oh. Much heavier. <laughs> <laughs> much much heavier than Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Brooke was gone again, but she was just not interested. No, that, that time it was all. I was own laughing. I was laughing. Self. Um, Isaac I just abruptly didn't have tra- anything to add to that. There was nothing I could bring to the table. You guys had it. All right, you guys. Uh, Isaac abruptly joins Dexter for lunch. Isaac suspects that Dexter didn't kill Victor over the murder of Mike Anderson, and Dexter admits that he crushed Victor's skull with a fire extinguisher. Sal arrives at Dexter's. Dexter starts talking about the potential for Sal to be implicated in the murder he wrote about. Sal gets angry and then collapses on Dexter's floor. He dies of a heart attack. Jamie and Dexter are interviewed about what happened by Miami Metro. They both talk about the sound of an argument before Sal fell, and Dexter says that Sal had accused him of sloppy blood work. But what did he really accuse him of? Fudging the blood work. (laughs) Okay, just making Uh, sure. Which which is now the title of this episode. Like I'm I'm so glad that he turned those appointments around so so that he could die at Dexter's place. Yeah. That's great. Because yeah, if you would imagine if you just would have been driving, you know, just like all of a sudden died, and then he would have ended up in a, a bay somewhere, and then they would have never known what happened to him, and then that would have been a whole other storyline of like, did she kill him? Did she not kill him? Now we know for sure she did. We do. Yeah. That's true. It's awesome that uh, Angel and Deb are involved in questioning Dexter and Jamie about a death that happened. <laughs> yeah, because that's totally all above board. That's there's no restrictions on that kind of thing. Yeah, LaGuerta rubber stamped that. <laughs> sure she did. But yeah, but aren't they a- homicide though? Like Yeah. Isn't this not this technically isn't considered a homicide until like foul play is in like Now, I don't I don't want to get this wrong, but I might be getting this wrong. I think that a death, an unexplained death, is considered a homicide until it's ruled out. And I think homicide comes to things like this automatically until the coroner says natural causes, and then that investigation ends. My father was a coroner. I could do some research on this and find out. I just want to know for if I become a serial killer in the future. <laughs> I think it differs, like, you know, depending on locality. Um, how sure. that's done, but I want to say like on uh, what's that uh, that real police show that takes place in Florida a lot, uh, the first forty eight. <laughs> I want to say on the first forty eight, there's a lot of cases that start out that way where it's probably a uh, they think it's probably a natural causes death, but it's still homicide's job to be the first on the scene. 
uh, one of dead bodies found. And then, and that way, if it later is found out to be likely a homicide, then they've done their job from the beginning instead of like the crime scene's already gone. Everybody that was there is already gone. It's, they work the case like it's a homicide, even if it's not until they can rule that out. So Hmm. I might be giving the show way more credit than it deserves, but um, certainly family members are not allowed to question each other. Angel and Deb should not have been anywhere near there, but hey, we only have so many characters, right? So uh, Deb arrives and tells Dexter that she and Sal met for drinks. Her death vagina strikes again. Deb says that she Mm -hmm. thinks that Hannah poisoned Sal. Deb is going to pick up Hannah for questioning and run a talk screen on Sal's body. I feel like Deb's vagina has killed as many people as Dexter has. It's pretty deadly. Deb brings Hannah into an interview room. Hannah doesn't seem concerned about the talk screen on Sal. Deb starts pushing about Hannah's husband, asking if Hannah felt trapped that she was about to start a family. Hannah ends the interview and leaves. Dexter goes to Hannah's and tells her that he had it under control. Hannah said that she put something on Sal's pens that he chewed, something untraceable, something that they never name. Dexter tells her he took care of erasing Sal's book research on Hannah And Hannah said she killed her husband because he wanted her to abort the pregnancy and the miscarriage was real. Hannah points out that they were looking out for each other and they suck some face in celebration. Hooray. Those crazy (laughs) kids are going to work out. At least I don't mind watching Michael C. Hall and Yvonne Strahovski together the way I I had trouble with, like, say, Lila. Like, Hannah's not gross. <laughs> she doesn't make me feel icky. <laughs> Lila just, was gross. Well, you know, she had that accent. I, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all Brits make me feel icky. <laughs> <laughs> Something about her. Something about her. I don't know if it was the accent. I don't know. Um, was it her tits? <laughs> Pardon my tits. Just throwing she, it back to all the good lines. She, it's like we just want to go back. We just want to go back to the beginning. She she did say pardon her tits. I mean that's yeah. that was rather nice of her. I think. Yeah. Well, and well, Ivan Strahovski must have a uh, a non nudity clause in her contract. Because like even the scene where they wake up on the on the uh, the killing table, she's like really awkwardly placed in this tiny strip next to Dexter, who's basically like spread eagle, and she's got her back to the camera, and she's just kind of like crumpled up um, so that you can't see anything. Whereas with Lila, it was like tits for Dexter, tits for Angel, hooray, tits everywhere. La even Julie Benz got to that point where she's like, all right, sure. You know? Has Jennifer Carpenter been nude on the show? No. I feel like I she No, I don't think so. No. Okay. I don't think so. I think you Hold on. I have a list. Nude. <laughs> <laughs> I think in one scene you database see a nude of from behind. Boobs on Dexter. Well, that's about it. Yeah. 
All right, here we go. Here's the list. So we got Jamie, <laughs> we've got Lila, we've got every hooker ever introduced. <laughs> oh, Jamie, yeah, that's right. We did have that one, like, one sad Jamie shot. Yep. And that... Uh, Nadia. Nadia. I Guys, I really don't have a list. This is a sad mental uh, thing that I did. <laughs> the, the, it would be the, better if you w- did have a list. It would be a little less weird. The, like, <laughs> doggy-style shame girl that Quinn was having sex with. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the just, like, reassessing your life while hitting it from the back. Like, <laughs> yeah, that look on his face is just like, the fuck am I doing? How did I get here? <laughs> is this? <laughs> How did the show get so bad? And why did I sign on to do it? Oh, man. It's okay. Dexter season eight's going to write everything. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like he did snakes. it. I feel like he did it because he auditioned for Breaking Bad and got beat out by Aaron Paul. And that was the point where he was just like, ah, fuck this. I, I, I can't act ever again. <laughs> Who, uh, <Aaron>. Quinn? Yeah. <laughs> Did he did he audition for Jesse? No, oh, I'm just okay. making things. <laughs> it sounded totally made up, but I so far so made up that it was almost believable. He seems like super old to play Jesse, but <laughs> yeah, that's he's like I'm too old for these fucking Desmond roles. Harrington. Yeah. It's like, come on, man, I could I could be just out of high school. That Desmond, you're hairline. 32, dude. <laughs> yeah, but I got a fucking cool accent, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I can play douchey. Jesse's a douche, man. I can play it. Now I'm now I'm going into Mark Wahlberg territory. I could do it, man. Um What? No. Uh let's see. Uh Quinn tries to give Batista ten thousand dollars for his retirement bar and grill. Uh he finally accepts. Masuka and Deb uh, Masuka brings Deb the talk screen on price. There are no abnormal findings. Deb says that fucking bitch is going to get away with it again. Deb has Sal's recorder with Hannah confessing to killing the woman in the couple. Dexter and Hannah are in bed post the sex. Deb calling shows on Dexter's phone. Deb tells Dexter that Hannah is going to get away with Sal's murder. She tells Dexter to kill Hannah to make things right. So I don't, I don't particularly understand why they don't go after Hannah with the recording of killing the woman because they don't, they never knew if she did because she never admitted she has to immunity, it. but immunity only covers what you admit to. She, I mean, she admitted it to an author. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, she wasn't under oath. She wasn't Mirandized. Fair enough. For all they know that before the tape started, they were going to say, let's make up a fiction or let's say all of this theoretically. So, yeah, there wasn't enough there. And Deb like lays out the case. She's like, I know she did this. I know she did this. I know she did this, but I can't get her through justice. So it has to be your justice. Which I didn't write it down that way, but that's how Deb says it. Says it. She, that, it has to be Dexter's justice. Yeah. That's the only one that will will get her. This episode was directed by Holly Dale. Um, this was the first of two episodes that she directed. Her production company, Spectrum Films, won a Genie Award for P4W, Prison for Women, 
1981 documentary about Canada's only women's prison. It was written <laughs> by Manny Cotto and Karen Campbell. Manny Cotto, uh, of course, came on to Dexter with Chip Johansson back in season five and stayed till the bitter end, co-writing the season finale with Scott Buck. And Karen Campbell wrote or co-wrote one episode each for season seven and eight, as well as writing the story for one season five episode and serving as a staff writer for season six, a story editor for season seven and an executive story editor for season eight. What was the best line of the episode? I liked the line Deb said, I can't even have a drink with someone and they die. Death vagina. The death vagina. (laughs) Mine was, um, the reporter saying to Dexter, uh, I'd watch what you eat around her. Hmm. Foreshadowing. (laughs) (laughs) I actually don't even remember who Hannah was talking to at this moment, but I went with sometimes people die. (laughs) 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 Because it is Miami and sometimes people die. Sometimes they're murdered. Oh, man, that was my worst line. <laughs> Hannah saying sometimes people die? That yeah. sounds like something she would have said to Deb during their interview. Yeah, that's what I, it was. I think uh, so. Not, yeah, because I had it as, uh, where did it go? Oh, yeah, sometimes people die, it's not always poison, and then I put in quotes, no, it's Miami. <laughs> sometimes it's murder. <laughs> that's why it was sometimes my favorite line. Uh, nah. It's all about taking it back to the beginning, guys. It's all coming full circle on this one. So that leads into what is the worst line of the episode? The worst line for me is Dexter says, when two chemicals mix, they combust and explode, which is a gross generalization. <laughs> and it just infuriated <laughs> me for hours. Yeah, but they had to tie it to the fact that the, uh, the episode name was Chemistry. Yeah, they had to try real hard to make it fit because that was a terrible name. I mean, it's Uh, not like he's a scientist or anything. Can come (laughs) up with anything better. (laughs) Uh, My choice was when Dexter was looking for uh, or looking for a way to plant the evidence. Traces of blood, good for me, bad for his gums. Mm. Dexter doing a dental PSA. Yes. Nice. Oh, gum disease. Yes. See, you do learn stuff from this show, how to give good dental care. Yeah. Uh, how about the performance of the episode? Um, I coined a new one. Uh, Quintista. <laughs> Quintista. That's my performance of the can episode you, was the can old you Quintista. Can that? Like, that's, that's Quinn giving Batista the money. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and that's because Uh, there was nothing else to pick. (laughs) I mean, I gave it to Hannah because she exists. Because she cried. (laughs) I gave it to her because who else was there to give it to? I mean, I couldn't have come up with Quintista. How did you give it to Quinn and Batista? Or I didn't give it to. Yeah, I gave it to Quintista because it's fun to coin new ways to say Batista. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's really bizarre the way that they write Quinn as so he was a dirty cop and the Kashka Brotherhood is using that against him by giving him money and recording him and uh, 
forcing him to do more stuff. But because he has a conscience now, he still does the bad stuff. He still takes the evidence. But he donates all the money to Batista's money pit bar, retirement bar and grill. Well, like, Good guy Quinn. I, I, Quinn is just so much more of a character. Like I talked earlier about Batista, how they just make up stuff for him to do. But with Quinn, I mean, it's almost worse because they just don't know who he is. We're going to have him do this really bad thing, but then he's going to do a really good thing, but then he's going to do something bad. We, they just don't know what to do with Quinn. Well, earlier in the episode, Batista literally accuses him of being a dirty cop working for the Russians. And now he right. shows up with a random $10,000 check and is like, here, buddy. And, and Batista's <laughs> right. like, yes. yes. Checking those morals at the door, that moral center of the show. Everybody's got a price. It's family no money. No questions Who gives asked. a fuck? <laughs> yes. And as we fudge the blood work one last time, that is it for season seven, episode seven. Thanks everybody for watching this one again, talking with me about it. And thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you on the next Deeply Discussing Dexter. Mm-hmm.